Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome into the Cyclone Alerts Cyclone Scoop podcast. My name is Michael Swain, the Iowa State beat writer for 24-7 Sports. And if you're listening to this on Friday, it's been a week since Iowa State started its preseason camp ahead of the 2021 football season. At this point, we've had the chance to talk to Matt Campbell on a couple occasions. We've talked to players, assistant coaches, and I thought we'd spend today's podcast just kind of dissecting what some of the storylines have been from fall camp so far. Um, We'll go over maybe Iowa State's approach to this fall camp in terms of practice. We will go over some position battles to watch over the course of camp and just some things that have maybe caught my attention from talking to some players and coaches over the last week. I think if we're going to start off from a big picture perspective, it's it's notable the approach that Iowa State has taken into its preseason camp. Matt Campbell has talked a lot about Iowa State wanting to make sure that its players are both able to start the season on the right footing, but also be able to maintain a certain level of play throughout the course of the year to where they are able to be peaking in you know, December around the Big 12 title game, which they hope to play in again this winter. And so what you've seen Iowa State do over the course of the summer and fall is really try and time all of this out in terms of the practices, in terms of the weight room, really making sure that the guys are ready to start the season on September 4th, but also that they're prepared for a long season. Because if you compare the way that the 2021 schedule is set up compared to the 2020 schedule, you know, Iowa State doesn't have, you know, multiple bye weeks like it did last year during the 2020 season. You know, Iowa State had the bye week after the Louisiana loss. They had a bye week after the Texas Tech game. And then they had another bye week before the final stretch of the season. And then, of course, another one before the Big 12 title game. So there was a lot of time for Iowa State to rest during the 2020 season. And that won't be the case this fall as Iowa State only has one bye week to go with its 12-game schedule. So what the coaching staff has done, and this also dates back to the start of preseason camp in 2020, is they've adjusted the way that they are doing practices. And the big thing, the big change has been it's going to be what you know defensive line coach Eli Rashid said is good on good reps, where it's the number ones going against the number ones, the starters against starters, to where you know this is something that players have kind of said, where it's a, almost like you know iron sharpens iron. And they're able to work on their craft against guys that they're going to be playing against at that level on Saturdays. In terms of kind of the overall way practices have gone, it's, you know, quality over quantity. And Eli Rashid again said that they aren't practicing for a long time, but they're maximizing the time that they have on the field and making sure that they're getting the quality reps. I thought Charlie Kohler kind of made a really good point when I got to talk to him during media day where he mentioned that, uh, in a hypothetical example he gave me that, you know, two years ago in 2019, ahead of that season, he would have taken 30 reps and it would have been all about trying to maintain the scheme and trying to make sure everyone's on the same page scheme wise. Whereas now he would take 15 reps instead of the 30. And instead of, you know, in between those reps, then 
specifically focused on the details and making sure that the minute parts of their routes, of the execution of the plays is spot on. Because right now, this is such a veteran team where they know the scheme. They've been in Tom Manning's offense for two, three, in some cases, four years. You know, these are guys that understand what their assignments are. They've been in the defense. They've worked under John Haycock for a few years. So they don't necessarily need that time on task scheme-wise to adapt. And that's been a really interesting storyline that I've picked up on here early in fall camp where it'll be interesting to see kind of throughout the season. It sounds like they'll maintain this sort of approach throughout the season and they maintained it through last season. I think it's one of the reasons why so many guys were able to stay fresh throughout the season is there wasn't a bunch of wear and tear throughout the week. And I think that's where Dave Andrews comes in here too, because, you know, he's had as big of an impact on this program, I think as, as anybody over the last kind of 18 months, if you go back to kind of when he was hired in January of 2020. So what Iowa State did this summer was really try and manage the workload for these players where, you know, you're going to get, as Matt Campbell says, bigger, faster, stronger in the off season. But what Dave Andrews has done is they're using some kind of advanced technology with something called the catapult, which I think a lot of programs use these days, but it's more, uh, it, measures your vital signs and has a GPS capability in it too, if my research is correct. And so what happens is the strength conditioning staff, the nutrition staff can look at everyone's measurements and some of the vital signs um, and specific, you know, things. I don't know the specific, you know, measurements that they would look for, but they look for certain things to tell how hard they should go the next day. And I think that's what's allowed Iowa State to stay healthy kind of throughout the last season, even entering kind of you know, preseason camp. Now, Matt Campbell said they didn't have any big injuries during spring practice. They didn't have any big injuries over the summer. And so now they're entering fall camp in in a spot where they're in, they're healthy and they're able to practice and really, you know, gear up for the season. And so the atmosphere of practice has been kind of competitive. You know, Rashid again said that, you know, they're trying to make it similar to Saturdays to where when they go out and play on September 4th against Northern Iowa, it's not different. It's just like playing in a practice, except you maybe could make the argument that Iowa State's, you know, number ones are better than Northern Iowa's number one. So they'll be ready to compete at that level on Saturdays. So I think that's just a fascinating change that, you know, we've seen from Matt Campbell and the program in general. And that's been a big theme too, is Matt Campbell has not been afraid to change things. You know, Iowa State changed the way it did spring practice, where it focused a lot more on fundamentals and technique instead of, you know, having a lot of physical practices. And it seems like talking to the players throughout spring practice, that that really helped them. And this is another change where, again, this goes back to the start of the 2020 season, but it's something else that Matt Campbell wasn't afraid to change. And so I think that that probably speaks to his ability as a head coach to adapt to what is happening around him. And I think that just in general, that's fascinating. It'll be something to watch throughout kind of the course of the season. Um, But in terms of maybe some of the positions to watch during kind of preseason camp, Um, There are a few I kind of have my eye on right now. Um, The big one's going to be the offensive line because you look at kind of Iowa State's situation as a whole and, you know, you return on offense basically, you know, what is it, 11 of 12 starters? You know, you lose Dylan Saner and that's kind of it. Outside of that, you know, of course, Landon Akers moved on, Kenny Nuongo moved on, but those guys weren't necessarily starters, quote unquote. So for Iowa State and offensive line coach Jeff Myers, he has a real kind of it's a problem, you know, he hasn't been in before and it's a good problem where he has so many bodies that are capable and able to start for Iowa state and play for Iowa state, but you can only pick five. 
And I thought it was very interesting that Matt Campbell, when you talked to him last Friday, kind of to kick off fall camp, he said that he felt like there were 11 guys that could start or be ready to contribute in that offensive line room. And there are only five positions on the offensive line. So you've got basically a, a hole too deep and then an extra swing guy that could, you know, according to Campbell, compete. Now, is that realistic? Probably not. I would probably guess it's closer to eight, maybe nine that can play for Iowa State this season. But even so, yeah, trying to pick, you know, from eight guys, picking five is tough. And if you look at kind of the specific positions, you know, I think you're, you can pencil in, you know, Colin Newell to start at center. I think Trevor Downing, you could pencil in as well to start at one of the guard spots. And then Sean Foster, I, I have a hard time believing that he's going to uh, get beat out for the left tackle spot because he was uh, really sound last season. So what I think you got to watch now is kind of what's going to happen at one of the guard spots and what's going to happen to right tackle. And, you know, again, Jeff Myers is in the position where you've got to pick kind of two guys for those spots. And you're looking at Derek Schweiger and Daryl Simmons being probably the two that are competing for kind of that one of the other guard spots. And then Jake Remsburg, Joey Ramos, and then maybe Schweiger also competing for that right tackle spot. So starting with the guard spots, I think that if you're going to talk about Daryl Simmons, for example, um, the thing that he offers that maybe you know Derek Schweiger doesn't is some punch at the point of attack. And I think that a combination of Trevor Downing and Daryl Simmons as your two guards is super powerful because it's been you know said in the past that Trevor Downing is one of the strongest offensive linemen in the program or strongest guys in the program in total. And so you add him with Daryl Simmons, who who showcased that physicality last year as a redshirt freshman. Um, you know, he did have some penalties throughout the year, Simmons did, but he was someone that really did have those high-level flashes on the offensive line that, you know, really kind of can, can encourage you for the long-term future of that line. So I think that, you know, those two would make a very powerful group, but it's also hard to you know, say to Derek Schweiger, who was so good last year in such a virtual piece that, hey, you know, you're not going to start because he was an all-conference selection. He's been on some of these, um, you know, preseason all big 12 teams that have been released by some media organizations. So uh, I think for Schweiger, he's someone that brings a high level of experience, very sound, very versatile. He's someone that started last season at right guard when Downing went down against Louisiana. He slid to left guard, played there throughout the entirety of the season in the Fiesta Bowl. Then in the second half of that game, Schweiger then went to play right tackle. And then they got lined up against Kayvon Thibodeau, who is seen as one of the best edge rushers in the 2022 NFL draft. So I think just in general, kind of that guard spot is going to be fascinating because you're kind of picking between, to me at least, you're picking between someone that has really high end potential, you know, down the road that's already trying to uh, achieve that, or you're going to pick someone that it could be in their last season with the program has a load of experience and also brings you a certain level of versatility as well at the guard spot. So I think that's interesting. Um, we're going to talk to Jeff Myers uh, next Tuesday, I believe it is. So we'll probably get a better picture of maybe what he's feeling about his position group during preseason camp. Um, and we'll also want to get his opinion on kind of the right tackle spot too, because Jake Remsburg is someone that, again, like Simmons, was a redshirt freshman last year. So it was his first full season as a contributor. And I thought that obviously I think there were maybe, I think that Baylor game was one where Iowa State used some tight ends to help him out on the edge. But I thought in general, Remsburg had some really positive moments throughout the season. And so you're looking at him now trying to hold down that spot coming off of a, an upper body injury. You know, if you'll remember, 
uh, in the Big 12 title game, he got hurt on the first drive of the game and missed that and then missed um, a good portion of winter workouts, then kind of was around for spring practice and then was a full go for summer workouts. So you're looking at Remsburg trying to hold down that starting spot where you've got Joey Ramos, who started multiple games last year at right tackle. He's someone that's probably competing for that spot. And then again, Schweiger played at right tackle in the Fiesta Bowl. Maybe he's someone that could be competing for that right tackle spot as well. But I think if, you know, you made me pick right now on, you know, on August 13th, what the starting offensive line is going to be, I think I'd rely on kind of what I put out there earlier in one of our preseason camp season stories, where it's a, an offensive line that looks like Sean Foster at left tackle. I think, you know, either one of Schweiger downing at left guard and right guard, Newell at center, and then Remsburg at right tackle. That's what I think right now. Again, we'll see what Jeff Myers has to say when we get to talk to him next week. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Um, But on the other side of things, on the other side of of the trenches, I think the nose guard position is super fascinating as well because in general, you look up and down Iowa State's roster, not a ton of attrition from the 2020 season. The one position group that did have the most attrition, I think, of any position, just in terms of pure numbers, was that nose guard spot. Last year, you had Isaiah Lee, Latrell Bankston, Joshua Bailey. All three of those guys were in there and contributed at certain points. You know, Latrell Bankston didn't play super consistently throughout the year, but he arguably makes one of the biggest plays of the season when he gets that sack against Texas. You know, Joshua Bailey, all of a sudden, you know, after not necessarily playing a ton early in his Iowa State career, comes on and it ends up being a contributor alongside Isaiah Lee. And so now all you have is Isaiah Lee inside there as a a kind of the veteran option. So we talked to Eli Rashid on Wednesday of this week, and he had kind of mentioned that there's some stout competition, to use his words, um, at that nose guard position. I think Isaiah Lee right now would be kind of the quote-unquote starter. But Iowa State's going to rotate that position because I don't think it's reasonable to expect, you know, someone to take on double teams for 60 snaps a game. And so for reference, you know, for someone like Lee, he played, you know, he averaged 28 and a half snaps per game last season. And Iowa State's defense played a little over 65 snaps per game. So he's playing less than 50% of the snaps at nose guard. So are you going to ask him to all of a sudden jump up and play, you know, 40 snaps a game. I don't, I don't necessarily know. It's going to be interesting to see what ends up happening in terms of the rep count there because behind him, then you've got um, someone by the name of J.R. Singleton. So uh, he's someone that is now a, a redshirt freshman. He played a little bit last season, did get to see the field in some of those blowout games. Um, but he's someone that was a three-star recruit for Iowa state in that 2020 class. You know, he's listed at six foot two. He's about 300 pounds. Um, someone that, you know, long-term is going to be one of the mainstays at that nose guard position, but he's someone that's going to be, have to be relied upon just purely based on numbers. And I think that's when any Razarike and his versatility comes into play here too. Uh, we saw him slide inside a little bit more towards the back end of last season where, you know, he was playing some of that nose guard. Iowa State also went to some four-man fronts at times. 
with Jaquan Bailey, Will McDonald, and then you have a Wazirike on the inside. And so I think you're going to see him slide on the inside because Iowa State does have some decent depth kind of at that defensive end spot. You think about Zach Peterson. You think about some of the younger guys that Iowa State is going to look for growth. You think about Blake Peterson, Johnny Wilson, Corey Shuttle, Cordarius Bailey, guys like that that they're going to look for for more depth. So I think you'll see Wazirike slide inside a little bit more this fall than maybe he did last season. Um, and then I think a, an interesting piece now is going to be Howard Brown as well. He's a, a true freshman. I've written about him a few times on CycloneAlert.com. Someone that had a lot of hype in terms of his overall athleticism. He was a high school quarterback. Um, someone that is you know six foot two. At one point, you know, kind of he's around. I believe it's like three hundred thirty pounds at the moment. But I believe there was some buzz out there that he was kind of even up north of that. Um, so now it's kind of a question of. You know, Matt Campbell said at media day that sometimes Howard is too big. So what does that mean for him this season? Well, it sounds like according to Rashid that the way for Howard Brown to get on the field is for him to do it through special teams. So that means he'll get some snaps per game. He'll be able to dress. He'll be able to have a role on the team. It just may not necessarily be one of those things where he's the guy manning the middle for Iowa State on a third down when Iowa State goes to Norman there in November. I think it's something where you'll see him play on special teams and then maybe in some blowouts or if Iowa State gets in a pinch, then maybe he slides inside. But overall, I think that nose guard position is one of the most fascinating ones on the defense just because there are so many known commodities. You think about the linebacker position, Iowa State's returns all three starters. You know, Tyson Vite this, you know, during camp is probably trying to figure out what that two deep looks like and even three deep to some degree, um, just because you return the secondary guys that you relied on last season. You look at the safety position, you know, Dion Broomfield has a new piece to work with in Jaquan Amos, but he also has Aishim Young at star and Greg Eisworth at strong safety. And those two are very much known commodities. And I think the only other kind of position battle that I'd be have my eye on on defense is going to be that kind of corner spot on the opposite side of Anthony Johnson. Obviously, Daytron Young and Tavon Kyle both started games there last season. Um, you know, Matt Capone said that they kind of rode the hot hand at times, and that certainly came across in terms of you look at kind of those, the snap counts throughout the season. Both of their snap counts definitely fluctuated throughout the year. Um, but I'd also look for maybe someone like TJ Tampa. You know, he's someone that got some positive buzz during spring practice and the times we were able to talk to coaches and players. Um, he's someone that has some long-term potential. He's six foot two. He's long, got some playing time last year. And it seems like he may have taken the step forward this offseason to where maybe he's able to push for some more playing time at the corner spot. But going back to offense, I think only one more position I want to hit on um, before we get out of here is the M spot, Iowa State slot receiver. I think it's a fascinating position just because you look at Tariq Milton coming back, you know, after being, you know, banged up throughout last season, you know, gets hurt during the bye week ahead of TCU, then comes back against Oklahoma, catches a 40-plus yard pass, then goes down with a collarbone injury. And then he kind of has to work his way back to the end of the season where he comes back, doesn't necessarily look like himself. So you're expecting Tariq Milton to start, but by all accounts, you know, a true freshman, Jalen Knoll, has impressed a lot of people. And impressed in terms of his skill set, but also impressed with his maturity. That was something that Nate Shieldhouse, the wide receivers coach, talked about during the spring was that Noel came in and was already acting like someone that's been around the program for a long time in terms of the way he handled himself in meetings, in terms of the way that he took care of his schoolwork. Um, a lot of positive things have been said about him. And a funny story about Noel, too. I was talking to Ryan Wallace from our Kansas State website, 
and he does a lot of coverage of recruiting in the Kansas City area. And he told me a story about when he went to Park Hill. Um, I think it was, he said back in 2018, it was when Johnny Wilson, who is a defensive end for Iowa State, who also played at Park Hill. It was when Johnny Wilson was there. And Noel had been a sophomore at the time. And Wallace was at practice and just was asking a few of the players, you know, who do you think is the, the best guy on the team or who has like the highest potential? And according to Wallace, to a T, all of the players pointed to Jalen Knoll. Sure enough, later on in practice, he goes on and makes a one-handed catch. And that immediately caught you know Ryan's attention to where he's now kind of been on his radar ever since. So I think that Knoll is someone that has kind of that, you know, he's got that it to him, I would say. Just talking to guys and talking to a lot of the wide receivers at Media Day, he's impressed them, again, with the maturity aspect of things, with the mental side of the game. So he's someone that... You know, maybe, is he going to play a bunch against Iowa in week two? I don't think so. But later on this season, you know, against Texas Tech there in November, maybe, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets some snaps at M or is finds his way on the field in special teams. Just the buzz on him has been that strong. And then that's with the, I would even talking about Daniel Jackson, who Nate Shilas had some positive things to say about during the spring. He had an injury last year against Texas Tech where he kind of played a little bit early on in the season, had some positive flashes, then got hurt against Texas Tech was done for the season with a foot injury, came back during the spring, and we, we didn't hear a bunch about him when he talked to Shieldhouse on Wednesday and didn't hear much about him during uh, media day as well, but he's someone too that kind of previously had some positive buzz. So that M position, that slot position, is going to be really fascinating, I think, heading into the season as well. So one more note here, just want to hit on also the, the freshman class because I, I wrote about it on Thursday for our countdown series that we're doing on CycloneAlert.com. The freshmen, uh, Matt Campbell raved about them during his media day. Um, it's something where, in the, you know, I don't remember him talking about the 2020 class like this. I think one of the pleasant surprises we've had in this, this current freshman class that just got here is there's a lot of good football players. And I, I think, can some of those guys help us? We'll see. You know, what's the next two weeks look like? We'll see. Would I say, you know, all around collectively, one of the most impressive classes that we've we put together, I, I'd say I feel really confident about saying that right now. Um, you know, I, I think there's every position group's got a player or two that have come in, maybe even exceeded our early expectations of where they would be as, as freshmen. Um, I think we went back to that model, though, of what's the videotape evidence say? Recruit young men from great high school football programs and recruit guys that fit our culture. And, you know, when, when the world got chaotic and we couldn't go to camps, everybody freaked out, we just kind of hung back into what's our value system. And I think that really helped us, and especially this class. I think what we'll see at some point here is this is going to prove to be a pretty special freshman class. And, um, you know, we're certainly excited to have those guys because I think it even has created some depth and competition early on in fall camp uh, for everybody to be well aware of. So. So I just thought that was an interesting quote from Campbell and something that's pretty notable because, again, looking back at kind of past quotes from Matt Campbell, he has not talked about incoming freshman classes with this much of uh, a strong, you know, kind of quotes behind it. So I thought that was interesting and it'll be interesting to see kind of what those snap counts look like for freshmen kind of throughout the season. Um, But that's where we'll leave it today. Thank you as always for listening to the Cyclone Scoop podcast. If you like what you heard, please give us a rating and review on iTunes. And if you're not already subscribed, hit that subscribe button. We'll be doing a lot more podcasts now that football is back. We'll be doing kind of weekly stuff and if not multiple times per week when the season gets going. So really excited for what we have planned here over the next few months, but 
We'll talk to you next time. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. Are you still listening? Good. Take a deep breath. You needed a break. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. So, yes, you can literally stream a stream. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation.